Hello and welcome to the Gambler Betting Podcast. I'm Selectabet and I'm delighted to be joined by Greg Browning for another look ahead to this weekend's best bets. How's it going, Greg? Yeah, very well, thank you. Very well. Well, you say very well, you're not happy with Absolutely furious. <laughs> furious. <laughs> honest, yeah. Absolutely furious. <laughs> we should have hit the record button yeah, five yeah. minutes ago and you might have had, uh, I've had to bleep out a few uh, Yeah, I was waiting on a goal in the whole match for both bets tonight and it finished 1-0. I think they absolutely battered Hull. And that's how now gone seven away games without scoring. So they're seized as well now, to be, to be fair. Yeah, they're off the so, Christmas card list, aren't they? Yeah, nothing better though to get over it than a gamble betting podcast. I thought you were going to say a few swear words. Um, <laughs> we'll try and avoid the swear words in the next half an hour, 45 minutes. It's a family show. It is a family show indeed. Uh, although you should obviously be over 18 before you place <laughs> any bets. As, you know, <laughs> we should always reiterate. And uh, you probably can hear David... Tittering away at Greg's misery tonight. <laughs> uh, how are you, David, over in Norway? Yeah, well, thanks, Well, Good. Uh, we're kinda, we'll get on to Norway before uh, we finish up tonight, but um, things are looking pretty good for Bodo Glimt at the top of the table now. Yeah, it's looking looking good. Um, last week, last week midweek, they beat, beat Mulder in uh, the big game, and then they went on to win at the weekend and Mulder lost. Well, Mordor got absolutely pumped 6 now. So, uh, yeah, seven point gap. It's all five games to go. It's looking pretty good for the second title on the bounce. Yeah, and we'll have a wee chat about um, how <laughs> Klimt hit the headlines a couple of weeks ago and they face Roma tomorrow night as we record this on Wednesday night. They face, uh, face Roma on Thursday for the return game of that uh, extraordinary result a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, uh, I think we spoke the day before it or maybe even. The day of it, and it was uh, not expected, but um, yeah, absolutely fantastic night for for, for the town and uh, the club. It was just incredible. And for Norwegian football, I suppose, all round. Um, but as I say, we'll, we'll cover that off in a wee bit more detail as we progress through the podcast. We're going to have a wee look at obviously the the Scottish games first and foremost. Greg, uh, not a bad result. Few results on the podcast last week. Yeah, the podcast's been going well this season. Um, last weekend, we had Kilmarnock to score two and, and win, which they did. I think we had an over 2.5 goals treble at Aloha, Clyde and East Fife, which paid 5-1, to one, which is great. Yeah. And we had the Motherwell Bet Board of Rangers on the Sunday. I think, as we said, there'll be lots of cards and corners in that match. And I think Motherwell got absolutely battered. Was it 6-1, 5-1? 6 Six one. Uh, the biggest with, the, with the emphasis on one, I may add, because I did suggest you did fair play to you early doors, <laughs> and that probably set that bit up quite nicely. Actually, Rangers yeah. going behind. Yeah. Um, the only real disappointment really was Celtic, an absolutely disaster of a game at home to Livingston. Yeah. I think they only got four corners and finished nil nil. Yep. So that was a real that would have done a lot of lines that last weekend Celtic. Yeah. I don't think anyone saw Livingston going to Celtic Park and getting anything at all. So fair play to them. Yeah, and it was, oh, I guess, across the board, it was quite a difficult week for punters. Liverpool threw away a two-goal lead. Man City got beat at home as well. And when you throw in that Celtic result, you know, people who like short-price teams on the racker wouldn't have uh, had much success last weekend. Yeah, it could be worse. You could be a St Mirren fan and doing St Mirren double chance. Never, never a good thing, that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I'd uh, keep your powder dry because it's obviously St Johnson v St Mirren this weekend. So, uh, yeah. 
we'll maybe get Div back on the podcast next week, depending on how that one goes. But overall, uh, it was a good end of the month. Um, I think that's just now 14 out of 17 months profit since we launched. Eight of the last nine months have been profitable. So it's going really well. Um, and obviously keep the rest of the season going well. I think we've had a profitable month in July, August, September and October. So yeah. I think if you followed these bets from the start of the season in July for a £10 unit stake, you'd be up well over £900 so far for just a £10 nice. unit stake. So it's been a yeah. great start to the season. Show me a bank that gives you that kind of money. Mm, no chance. <laughs> Okay, so we've got five Premiership games. I believe the Hibs game has been postponed already um, away to Livingston this weekend due to, I guess it's ongoing COVID issues, Greg. It's a bit of a disaster really, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it's just non-stop in terms of that match. It got postponed on Saturday. It's been postponed again. Hibs match for Livingston has been postponed. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the hell's going on no. Easter Road, to be honest with you. Because I thought Saturday's game was called off because of Ross County. Um and not Hibs at that point. But yeah, I don't know what's going on, but not great. It's not great as we kind of head into the winter and you kind of thought these COVID postponements were were behind us. Um, so it is a wee bit of a concern as we approach the kind of winter and obviously there's a greater chance of games being affected, I suppose, with, with these kind of things as we head into the winter. So fingers crossed, uh, it's not the beginning of a lot of postponements as we reach this stage of the season um, but it does leave us with five games three of which are on Saturday Celtic and Rangers both in action in Europe on Thursday so their games are played on Sunday so we'll kick off at Petodre and uh, yeah the Aberdeen juggernaut who'd have thought it <laughs> three games without defeat um, and they do, ah, that's a well-worn phrase but they do look as if they've turned things around Greg can they continue that on Saturday against Motherwell it's, it's quite incredible how quickly things can change in football yeah. A couple of weeks is a long, long time, which you'll know about more than anyone, David. But a couple of weeks ago, a lot of pressure on Stephen Glass. But since then, they've drawn two out Rangers and they've beaten both Edinburgh sides at home, 1-0 and 2-1. And that completely transforms their season. Now, I think I said last week, Jack Ross was probably the next manager in line this season to get abuse or start getting a bit of criticism. So bearing in mind, Aberdeen are level on points with Hibs. Mm. And that for me tells you obviously the turnaround at Aberdeen but it also tells you as well that Jack Ross is probably under a bit of pressure too Mm. so they they host a Motherwell side who look lost of of ideas to be fair they started off the season very very well but it's not been a great month or a great October for for Motherwell they've not won in five four defeats albeit they have played both sides of the old firm in that but I think reading what Motherwell fans are saying as well, and people who've watched Motherwell, they look disjointed. They're not playing well. I think Graham Alexander doesn't know what his best team is yet. And they've got Aberdeen away, then Hearts at home. Mm-hmm. So potentially, you're talking potentially one point out of 21. No one's in seven mm-hmm. this time a week on Saturday. So Aberdeen 4-5 to five for this match. I think for me, Aberdeen have been shite this season. And they've probably cost us a few pounds, I think, back in them in that slump. Yeah. I'm just not sure whether or not I can get on them again at four to five. I, I do think they'll win this game. I think these are two sides going in opposite directions. I think Motherwell are gonna push down the table and after three great results at Aberdeen, you'd expect them to, to start moving up and start challenging at the top end. So a four to five in Aberdeen, is it a fair price? 
it probably is, given how bad Motherwell have been. But it's been difficult to trust Aberdeen so far this season. But you have to say, in terms of contrast and form, Aberdeen are in a much better place than Motherwell are. Yeah, I actually think there's been a wee bit of money for Aberdeen because the price I've seen was a three to four, which is just getting. Yeah, short. they're probably going to go for four to seven. I'd imagine come kick off. Mm. So you're going to have to probably be a bit inventive if you're trying to get something close to even money on this match. What you could do, you could just shove in a couple of Motherwell corners. Eh, sorry, cards. That's usually a good way to. Go. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think they've managed to do that every time this season, apart from the one time I've put them on when they played Celtic and they got one. One, yeah. Uh, I think, yeah, Motherwell cards are back to the top of the crime league. Motherwell, 37 yellow cards this season. So, a really tough gig for Motherwell here against an Aberdeen side who you could say have been rejuvenated over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. David, are you ready to trust Aberdeen at those kind of prices? Uh, definitely not, no. I think, like, as you say, like, two weeks ago, you're probably looking at Aberdeen going, wait, well, they're not going to win any of their next three games, so where are they going to get some points? But mm. come out with seven points from those three games is pretty impressive, and it's given Stephen Glass definitely a wee spring in his step going forward. But, yeah, I don't think you can trust them at three to four. Absolutely not. Just a wee sort of anomaly in this fixture, the last fifth, games between the two sides only once has both teams scored what a start that <laughs> is quite interesting so 14 out of 15 uh, both teams have not scored but uh, the bookies bookies are on to it it's 1.7 for uh, both teams not to score so great knowledge David uh, outstanding well I've been better reading than knowledge have the rest of the podcast off just for that. <laughs> uh, yeah, it doesn't really feel like a, a game to get involved in much from a betting angle, I don't think, is it? Yeah, I think I'll just, yeah, definitely leave this one behind. It's, it's, step this I one. think I'm going to be popular on Akers. On, on yeah, Saturday. I think so. I, I wouldn't put anybody off backing them, but... A risky one under the even, so I think. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Okay, um, arguably game of the day, if not the weekend, is uh, Hearts feeding the United. It's third v fourth now. Hearts of... Well, I suppose they <laughs> suffered their first defeat last weekend, but um, it's just two wins and eight, and that defeat's probably been in the post, Greg. Yeah, it has. I think we said a few weeks ago in that home match with Dundee, that's probably the sort of match that Hearts will slip up in. Mm-hmm. And they did, uh, losing a last-minute goal to draw one all. They've lost up at Aberdeen. I'm really excited about this game, actually. I think it should be a cracking match. They're both in 21 points. And you'd like to see one of these sides win this match, just to stick in and keep in close contact with Celtic and Rangers. Mm-hmm. Hearts are seven to ten, which I think is a bit short for me, given Dundee United's start to the season. Obviously, I was at Tannadice last weekend, and to be fair to Dundee United, they absolutely battered us in that second half. <laughs> um, Charlie, Charlie Mulgrew must have touched the ball two or three hundred times. <laughs> he absolutely <laughs> strode the game. He's a really, really composed centre-half. Um, he just shone out like a, like a, like a sore thumb, really. Um, we were quite fortunate to, to get the win, but they did batter us in that second half, and I'm really intrigued to see how this game pans out. I think for me in this match, in terms of betting angle, I, I do like the look of Dundee United corners. I think 4-5 to five on four Dundee United corners is a great price. I thought we would have been looking for five corners, at maybe evens. Mm-hmm. I think the four plus at four to five looks a steal. Looking through United's games recently, they got eight v Ross County, they got eight away at Hibs, four v Motherwell, four v Livingston, they got eight against us on Saturday. 
And I think they've hit four or more corners now in 10 of their 12 league games. Right. So I, I don't think it's a, it's much of an ask for them to go to Hearts and deliver four corners on Saturday. Yes, well. That's with them, um, bit three six five, right. And also looking at Hearts, they've shipped four or more corners now in eight of their 12 league games. Um, they got, I think Motherwell hit them for eight, six v Rangers, five v Aberdeen. We hit six against them a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So, as you know, I'm a massive fan of the corner market and I'm a massive fan of teams needing to get four. And I think that's very achievable for United on Saturday, given how they play. They've got a lot of balls in the box. Uh, they've got pretty good set-piece takers as well. So I think four to five and four corners looks a great shout. Yeah, David, it's a great opportunity for Dundee United to stake that claim for third place, unbelievably. Um, you know, there's been a lot of talk of how well Hearts have done this season, but Dundee United have just kind of sneaked up on them and... It, Quite surprising, actually, to see them both sitting on 21 points. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things with uh, a team who's on an unbeaten run. If they, As soon as they draw a couple of games or, or two or three games and you're still talking about this unbeaten run, all it takes is one defeat and suddenly, Christ, we've not won in five. So yeah. it, it, it's, it happens in, in Hearts, obviously, struggling a little bit recently. But, I mean, away at Rangers... Fair enough, the game against the ND, but away to St Johnson, away to Aberdeen, it's three relatively tougher fixtures, so you would expect them to be able to bounce back. Obviously, they beat Dundee United at Tanadice earlier in the season 2 0, so they'll be looking at that and thinking that <coughs> they've got a wee edge over them. Um, I think Hearts have, Hearts have done okay at home this year uh, in general, yeah, and I do think. It's a little bit short again. I'd, I'd be quite. I'm not too keen to back um, Hearts at that price either, because uh, I think it will be quite an even game. But um, yeah, just uh, just on the corners as well, like Greg's saying, for if United looks well priced, I think Match Corners looks quite, quite well priced as well. With the uh, Hearts obviously hitting a lot of corners this season, I think over ten pays eleven to ten. So. I've, if you're, if you're expecting Dundee United to hit four, you're probably expecting Hearts to get a few more mm-hmm. as well, and add add up to hopefully over over ten. But yeah, I, I think it's just a game where fifty fifty and Hearts should not be as short as they are. Although uh, they'll be <coughs> they will be expecting to to get back to winning ways. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the bet for you then, Greg. Although David, you like the the total corners market for Greg, it's over. Sorry, four or more corners at 45, and that's currently worth bet 365. Uh, David, I'll let you discuss St. Johnson v. St. Mirren first before Greg has his say. <laughs> um, it's the battle of the Saints, but um, yeah, we might need some prayers if we're going to see some goals in this one. It's a, a traditionally a fixture that doesn't serve up too many goals. Um, three of the last seven have actually finished now. Now, five of those seven have been under one and a half goals. Yeah, it's not likely to be a classic, is it? <laughs> Probably not. I mean, looking at the last uh, sort of four, well, last four times St Mirren have been there, it's been one nil or nil nil. Um, St Johnson won two nil, two nil before that. So St Mirren obviously don't enjoy scoring enough at McDermott. Um, it's been a while. I think Div uh, McDonald messages on the chat earlier in the week and said it's been. I can't remember how many games it says it was. Was it seven? Seven years, yeah. Seven games since... Seven years. Christ, yeah. Seven years since the minute. <laughs> won it. Uh, so, um, yeah, 2014. Um, they won 2-1 up there. So, yeah, it's going to be tough for St. Mirren, obviously, off the back of that 
really bad defeat at home to Dundee in a game that they would have been uh, hoping to win to put a little bit of distance between themselves and the bottom bottom two. But now, if you're looking at sort of bottom five, they're all or bottom six even they're kind of all like away from Dundee. So both these teams will be keen to get a win, but as you say. Um, I don't think we can expect too many goals just on St Johnson's result last week. I so saw the the montage of Xander Clark's saves. He looked like he was in unbelievable <laughs> form and he's duly earned himself a call off. I'm not sure if it was just off the back of that, to be fair. He's been pretty pretty consistently good for a good few years now. So uh, well done to him for, for getting a call up finally at the squad. But um yeah, I think it's gonna be a pretty tight game. Not <clears throat> not not full of goals. Greg, eight to fifteen under two and a half goals bet of the weekend. You would think so. <laughs> I think the, the last time we said this though, yeah, it was three two. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so we set off. Shying away from any sort of goal bet in this match. I think as David said, it's a really important game for both teams. Either side get a win here, they can essentially go on to potentially equal points for Hibs and Aberdeen. So there's a massive incentive to get a result here and push away from the bottom two or three places. Again, I don't think there'll be many goals you've said. I think it's a 1-0, a bit like the game last weekend. I think we said last week that United Saints game will be a scabby 1-0 to someone. Mm. And that's how it turned out. Yeah. I must admit, I haven't been at our last two games. We have not played well at all. We, we, we really haven't. We, we drew one over Hearts last Wednesday. Fine in the first half, but Hearts totally dominated us in the second half. Same thing happened on Saturday. Dungeon United totally dominated us in the second half. So we've picked up four points in our last two games not playing well, which always bodes well. But it's also a worry that you're not creating chances. And I think looking through some of the stats that Pine Bovel put up today on Twitter, we've had the lowest number of shots of any side in the league, which is a concern. Um, St Mirren at the moment, been going well. They'll be really disappointed if lost to Dundee last week. Yeah. Especially after Dundee being romped 5-0 at home to Ross County. They would have hoped to have got another three points there, but it wasn't to be. So in terms of this match, I think for me, looking at St Mirren's corner stats, pretty impressive to be fair. They hit eight last weekend against Dundee. They got eight at Motherwell midweek last time. And before that, it was six, six, eight, one, three, and 4 So hitting some pretty good numbers. We've conceded quite a lot of corners, actually. We've actually shipped four or more corners now in seven of our last eight games and five plus in six of our last eight games. So our last three games, we've lost seven, six and nine corners. And I think this is a match that won't have many goals, but I do think St Mirren are worth taking a chance on to get five corners at six to five. And that will be my bet from this match. St Mirren six corners, sorry, St Mirren five corners at six to five with... I think that's either Skybet or, or um, Bet365. It's unusual for you to go as high as five, Craig. Yeah, I think it depends who's playing, to be fair. I think in this sort of match, there's obviously nothing between the sides. Mm-hmm. We, we ship plenty of corners. We've, we've shipped quite a lot recently um, against sides of a similar standard. So there's no reason why, given the fact that some are hitting some pretty impressive numbers recently, they do put a lot of balls into the box. I think Scott Tanzer's put more balls into the box than anyone else apart from Tavernier, so that always bodes well. And I think yeah. the five, six to five, it's not a bad price. So I'll have take to take that one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Dope. Uh, as I say, Celtic Rangers both in Europa League action on Thursday, which means that their games are on Sunday. Celtic are away to Dundee. 
Massive result for Dundee last weekend off the back of that 5-0 defeat against Ross County, as you say, Greg. Uh, now takes them four points clear of Ross County, but they still have the worst defence in the league. 23 goals conceded, six of those against Celtic, five of those against Ross County. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how Celtic bounce back after a pretty dismal performance against Livingston and then that injury time missed penalty as well. Yeah, I think obviously they're playing tomorrow night as well, which doesn't help. Yeah. And I'm always a bit reluctant to back Rangers and Celtic off the back of a European night on a Thursday, especially away from home. But Dundee, as you say, do concede a lot of goals. So I think for me, this match will be very similar to what we had last last Sunday between Motherwell and Rangers. It's definitely a good a good bet boulder here, I think. Possibly in Celtic goals, corners and cards. Mm-hmm. So nothing at the moment, but I'll definitely have something on the channel um, probably come Saturday for this match. OK, David, it looks like there's going to be a lot of twists and turns between now and the end of the season at the top of the table. Um, <laughs> I, I guess it would be, given some of the results so far, a brave man to back any um, of Celtic or Rangers at, at fairly short prices this season. <clears throat> no, I mean, it's very it's very short. I think Celtic had been looking better in, in recent weeks, but obviously that game against Livingston kind of brought them back down to... Down to earth a little bit. Um, I think there was a little bit of uh, confusion amongst the fans why Juranovic never hit the penalty as well yeah. over Duke and Marcus. But um, yeah, I think you'd expect Celtic to go to Dundee and get a result, but Dundee will have their tails up after last week and Celtic uh, after European night. It's, yeah, there is something about it. It's just a little bit little bit harder and uh, yeah, well, 1.3. There's absolutely no way of backing that. But yes, yeah, Greg says, there's a potential bet builder involving goals and everything else because I do think Celtic will get back to scoring ways. Yeah, I think it looks a similar story at Ibrox, doesn't it? Where Rangers are a <coughs> short price at 1-10 to 10 at home to Ross County. Again, kind of difficult to find some value in a game like this. Ross County, obviously, bottom of the league. Greg, we kind of spoke about Ross County's um, ability to score goals, but um, and have obviously been one to champion Rangers conceding goals this season, but I just can't see it this week at Ibrox off the back of their biggest win of the season last weekend. No, I think last weekend's game against Motherwell was probably the first time since the start of the season they've actually played really well, Rangers, and a match that they've dominated. I don't hold much hope for Ross County here. It could be a routine 2-0, 3-0 win for Rangers, but I wouldn't expect Ross County to put up much of a fight here, and it should just be a, a pretty routine win for the home side. Yeah, I quite like to look over the 5-6 to six on Rangers to win both halves here, you know, considering they're 1-10 to 10 to win the match. They're going to have to win at least one half um, to deliver the 1-10, to 10, so um, I didn't think it was beyond a reasonable uh, ask for them to win both halves, David. No, I d- yeah, I don't think so. I think watching that game last week, I thought even though they went behind, I thought they'd started the game really well, Rangers. They looked much sharper than previously and obviously came back into it. And obviously <coughs> Sakala with a hat-trick be a nice wee, uh, nice wee boost for him because I think his goal scoring's not, it's probably not, not scored as many goals as we would have expected at the start of the season. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I thought Rangers looked really, really good last week. Um, definitely the best they've looked this season. OK, so I guess we're both all expecting fairly routine wins for Celtic Rangers this weekend. Greg, you'll maybe have a look at them in more detail before kick-off and throw a, a bet builder together. Uh, yeah, once we get uh, card markets available, there'll be a yeah. card goals and corners mark, uh, bet builder for that one. 
Okay, time to look at the championship. Um, and I suppose the big news this week has been the departure of Peter Grant from Dunfermline, who were some people's tips to go up this season. I'm not going to name any, <laughs> any names. Um, since he's gone, I've seen a few names linked for the job. Stuart Petrie, Craig Levine, Mark Fotheringham, Neil McCann, Dick Campbell. But it's Greg Shields that's in charge this weekend. Greg, and you're expecting a bit of a bounce from the Dunfermline players. Yeah, I really am. Sometimes you have to factor, sort of factor in stats and data into your selection. And I think this is the ideal match for Dunfermline um, against their opposition of Morton, who I'll touch upon in a second. They've had a really poor season so far. Don't score goals. And I think everyone at Dunfermline will get a lift from Peter Grant leaving. How often, <laughs> how often do you see it that a team who have been underperforming who've got a decent squad, get their manager sacked, and the very next game, they end up putting in a great performance and winning. And everyone goes, why didn't they do that when he was there? That's maybe a good time to bring in David, having, having played the game at <laughs> top, top, top level. Have you ever got a manager sacked? <laughs> <laughs> well, but have you been in a dressing room where that's happened? Um, you don't need to name any names. We'll figure, we'll figure it out ourselves. But. No. <laughs> Um, not, not really, to be honest. Um, what, what I will say is it, it can. It's easy for the fans to look at it and think that the players are just down tools and stuff. But if the managers, if the managers like the fifth, the training's not good, or if he does, or if the players just get an idea that he just doesn't really know what he's doing, mm-hmm. it just has everything just. Good becomes negative and it's all yeah. negative and, and training is not enjoyable and yeah. and it really does kind of grind you down and I think Greg's right like that's good decent decent squad of players I don't think um, I don't think it's the best in the championship but it's definitely it's definitely not the worst um, and yeah. I do think this weekend it does look like a good chance for them to bounce back I've got I think there'll be a wee Training, I don't normally what will happen is like this a caretaker will come in and, and just make it fun, make it fun. This on board. Yeah, I just of, get away the negativity. Well, that's what I was going to ask. No, if it is a caretaker and it's a kind of part of the team that's already been there, is that enough of a change to affect this bounce that you know <coughs> we, we often talk I, about, or does the bounce need a, re, a regime change? I guess it depends if the assistant manager is like part of Peter Grant or was he there before Peter Grant? Well, Greg Shields is a Dunfermline ex-player, isn't he? And I presume yeah. he's probably been at the club for a while. So I think um, I'd imagine he's probably quite well respected and, and uh, I, I can just see, I can definitely see them coming out and performing a lot better this, this week. And obviously Morton as well, like very lucky to get a draw at home at Hamilton last week. I think they scored. I think I saw, saw the clip. The Hamilton manager was going absolutely mental. I think it was like a minute after. They celebrated the free kick, thinking it was a full time whistle. The manager's gone mental, and then a long free kick just got launched up, and it was a bit yeah. of a crappy, scrappy goal. But um, yeah, so Morton aren't looking great either, are they? They've only scored, what, once in the last four games, and that was that last minute equaliser. There's obviously something not right. At Dunfermline at the moment under Peter Grant, and it's clear to see the fact that they're the only club in Scotland that will win still. I think they are bottom of the league, but saying that, Morton are just two points above them. And um, when you look at Morton's form, they've scored one goal in six away matches, 
they have failed to score now in five of their last seven games. Don't score a lot of goals. Probably the lowest scorers in the league, actually. Yeah. And I think there'll be a decent crowd here on Saturday at Eastern Park. I don't think the fans are too happy with a Peter Grant appointment in the first place. So I think there'll be a lot of fans who maybe stayed away, to be fair, in recent weeks. Hope will return. Uh, I just think there'll be a, a much happier feel about the place this weekend. Um, with Greg Shields and Stephen Whitaker taking charge, I think they'll just try and get the boys um, rooting for this game. Steve was saying, I think they'll make it, try and make it fun. Just try and get the negativity away from the last regime. And I think they're a great price on two markets here. So they're 65 to win the match, which I think is very decent against a really poor Morton side. And they're 64 to score two goals. So the old quandary, which one do you go for? Mm-hmm. Nothing worse backing two goals and they win one nil. So I've backed both. So I'm taking Dunfermline to win this at 6-5. And I'm also taking Dunfermline to score two at 6-4. And I'd be quite keen to see Dunfermline Corners. They did the business for us last week um, against Wraith Rovers. So keen to see what price we can get on Dunfermline Corners as well, because that could be another angle too. And is that at McBookie? Are they priced up? Um, they should be, but I think most most farmers will be placing uh, corners for this one. Okay. Uh, I, I think, yeah, yeah. The only thing I was going to say about the back into the to win the game, they are. I think they've been backed in a wee bit to eleven to ten. What I did notice is that both teams have been draw specialists, uh, significantly more draws than anyone else in in the league. Uh, six out of Morton's last seven in all competitions have finished. Uh, level, four of which have finished now now. Six of Dunfermline's last eight have finished level, three of which have finished now now. So don't come crying to me when it finishes now now. It's just vibes, though. It's just vibes. It's not about stats. It's not about stats. It's absolutely not. I'll tell you one thing there's not a chance Dunfermline will lose this game on Saturday. Not a chance. I just cannot see Morton going there and winning. I just think there's been such a it's been such a pure season for them, Fairmont. I think they've got probably, on paper, at least the third best team in that league. I think Partick Thistle and Kilmarnock aside, them Fairmont on paper have probably got the third best team in that league, along with Wraith Rovers. So if those players start turning up this weekend and play how they should do and get a result, I think 65 and 64 look worth backing. Yeah, and it's not too late for them to climb up that table either. No, they'll just be keen to get wins in that league. I think obviously in terms of winning the league, that's long, long gone. But yeah, yeah. but I mean, it's one the of It's not, it's not outside the realms of possibility. But they'll just be keen to get a win on the board and take it from there. Okay, so you split stakes across Dunfermline to win and Dunfermline to score over one and a half goals, which seems like a fair enough way to tackle this one. Uh, speaking of no nils, I feel um, <laughs> slightly responsible. It's your thought. It really ever, is. Ever since my uh, Partick Thistle nil quip a couple of weeks ago, uh, they have actually gone on and drawn three games nil nil, and I they face face a Kilmarnock <laughs> team who have kept eight clean sheets out of twelve. So of course your bet for this game, Craig, is over two and two and a half goals occasionally. <laughs> and my logic for this game is well, firstly, how can you go from beating Hamilton six one away from home, scoring two goals every week, to then drawing 0-0, 0-0, 0-0 in your last three games. But that's exactly what they've done. They have had some tough games, I guess, uh, Thistle, but it's a big surprise they've stopped scoring goals. Mm-hmm. 
and they're playing Achilles side who are just starting to motor on now. I think we're probably seeing a Achilles side who we thought we'd maybe see at the start of the season. We were just chugging out 1-0 wins. But as I said, for the last couple of weeks now, the Ollie Shaw and Callum Henry partnership will pay dividends. And if I did first goal scorer bets, I'd be up a fortune. So mm-hmm. Ollie Shaw, again at the weekend, against Queen of the South, and he scored two. I think they two link up very, very well, Callum Henry and Ollie Shaw. And looking at Thistle, the last few games aside, they've got a, a kind of front three who, again, I speak about a lot in Brian Graham, Zach Rodden and Scott Tiffany. So this will need to score at some point. I'm not suggesting that they'll score two or three goals here, but given the strike force on the pitch for both sides, I think the, the Asian line of two and two and a half goals at nine to ten is worth backing. So that means half stakes back if there's two goals. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's a match, I think it should be a really entertaining game. It's probably yeah. game of the day in the in the championship. Mm-hmm. Kelly will be um delighted after last weekend's 4 no win, especially scoring a few goals. And Thistle just need to get back on the winning front. But there's definitely goals in both teams. I just think the two and two and a half's worth taking on at nine to ten. Okay. David anything from this game or any of the other games in the championship for you this weekend? Uh, I don't I don't hate that to be honest. I think Ollie Shaw scored each of the last five games, I think, for uh, Kelly. He's absolutely banging them in. Um just on I, I was gonna I was gonna tip our broth, but then I was I was uh, I had Greg in my head saying uh you can't back our broth. Remember that time I was gonna back uh, some but in Vanessa with Dunfermline and Greg told me told me not to. <laughs> and, uh, I just got a wee feeling our broth. I, I, our broth should be Hamilton, they're obviously they're absolutely fine. Just now Dick Campbell's got them playing brilliantly. They're um third in the table. Um, Hamilton struggling down seventh, and yeah, I don't think the price is terrible, but um, I could I could see them drawing, so I'll just leave it. Okay, thanks for that. Two minutes on the podcast. Yeah. Right. <laughs> 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 Talk to us around the bet that you're not going to have. Right. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, as I, I think we've kind of talked about Hamilton, haven't we, Greg? That a really young team um, and probably likely to lose more games than they'll win this, this season. Um, and our growth, as you say, David, are absolutely motoring with um, Dick Campbell at the helm. So, yeah, I suppose if you're looking for a, for a value bet, um, you could probably do worse. What than price, are th- price are our growth again? Th- 13 to 10. Mm, yeah, that's that's definitely a suck me in price that. Yeah. People get stuck <laughs> right into that and it'll be a draw. I've seen it yeah. happen time and time again. Yeah. Okay, we'll move on to League One. Um, what we're looking at here, we're going to have a wee look at Falkirk v Alloa. Greg, um, Falkirk, I'm not quite sure what to make of Falkirk's form, to be honest. And the optimist in me says <laughs> they are what only one defeat in five, so I guess they're heading in the right direction, but they, are, they find themselves, well, actually, they find themselves only three points off the top of the table. The top of that League One table's fascinating. Know, only four points separating six teams. Um and Coven is it Coven Rangers meet this weekend, so something's going to have to give there. So it's actually a chance that Falkirk could could move into second place potentially um, this weekend. Yeah, I think we said last weekend quite fancied them to go and beat Clyde at six to five. Not enough to back it, but they won their three one. That was a massive, massive win for them. Mm-hmm. And despite not having the greatest of seasons, as you say, they're only three points off the top. Which I find incredible, really. <laughs> 
given the turmoil behind the scenes at Falkirk at the moment, looking at Falkirk's home games, five of their last six have seen over 2.5 goals. They do concede in a lot of their home games, Falkirk. And they're playing on Aloha side who have gone goals crazy in the last few weeks. Looking across their last five games, 3-1, 4-2, 4-3, 3-2, 2-1. goals scored in five games, so almost five goals per match. They scored 10, but they've shipped, they've shipped 14. So although they're scoring goals, defensively, they're a bit of a shambles, Joey. And I think Falkirk could take advantage of that, but I would not be surprised to see Aloha score. Mm-hmm. It's got the look of a kind of 2-1 scoreline about it for Falkirk here. And I think the over 2.5 goals at 17 to 20 is worth taking on. Yeah, I think that looks a good shout when you factor in all those goals at the Alloa games. It's actually a decent record of goals in this fixture as well. Three of the last four have finished over two and a half. Um, David, Falkirk kind of seems in a, a bit of turmoil, as, as Greg says, but um, still there for them if they want it. Yeah, I know. That's <laughs> a, it's a, tough, it's a tough one to see. Falkirk, obviously, club uh, had a really enjoyable time at. Um, it's just they're just stuck, aren't they? Mm. Just, they just can't get into a wee rhythm, and that uh, they've got a squad that should be top of that league, I think, or at least in the top two. Um, I know they're only three points behind, but it's been a struggle. And I think especially at home, they've not really, they've not done enough, have they, at home and <coughs> to get the crowd going. They've lost to get home at Airdrie, they've lost at home at Dumbarton, lost at home at Queen's Park as well. It's just like, just really struggling to get going. But I do like, do like goals, as you say, in this one as well. Um, I can't see them keeping a clean sheet and I can definitely see them scoring. And Aloha have been struggling to keep clean sheets as well, so... Yeah, definitely give her goals. And another team that you quite like the look of goals at is Airdrie, who hosts Peterhead on Saturday. Yeah, I think uh, Airdrie, <coughs> Airdrie, as I said, the Palmer Falkirk 3-0 uh, quite recently, but their home form's been solid as well. Uh, beat Dumbarton 3-2, beat Clyde 2-1, beat East 5-3-0, beat Alloa 2-1. Um, pretty solid home form, another team that's in that top four, just one point off the lead, so they're at home at Peterhead on uh, Saturday. Peter Head, um, drew at home at Matros last week. Um, but away, f- away from home, they've been shipping goals. They sh- lost two at Alloa, they lost three at Queen's Park, lost three at East Fife. Um, so I quite like the look of Airdrie to score two. Um, that's 10 11 on Betsy 6 5 uh, for Airdrie to score two. And even money for Airdrie win, I don't, don't hate the price of that either, but to score yeah. two. Um, quite like that. Yeah, and I think with Cove and Montrose playing, then, you know, an early win takes them into at least second place. Uh, sorry, at least third place in the table. Um, yeah, it's just so tight, isn't it? It's yeah. crazy that some, two, two of those top six teams are going to miss out in even the playoffs. And... Yeah. Another <laughs> match um, from you League mean, One. It's, I'm keen to see how Dumbarton fair at home to Clyde. So I think we recommended to back East Fife last weekend at home to Dumbarton given the fact that Barton have been absolutely woeful mm-hmm. in the last three or four matches. And they all went down, I think, 2-1 in the end. Uh, Dumbarton got three men sent off two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. In a really <laughs> remarkable match where they were 3-2-1 two, two, two down, 
got an equaliser with eight men in the 94th minute and still lost the match. So I'm keen to see how this game goes. This, this is the sort of match we'll see Clyde score two goals and David Goodwill will score both of them. And I think he's got a penalty at the weekend at home to Falkirk. So the 95 Clyde, um, I don't think either side's great defensively. So I think, again, this could be another one for over 2.5 goals, but it's probably just a little bit too short at 8 to 11. Yeah, just looking at the other two games, there's Montrose v Cove, which just feels like a game that you can't really touch. The teams at the top of that table, they just seem to be cutting each other's throat, don't they? Yeah, I couldn't possibly select a winner from that match. And the last game is East Fife's visit to Queen's Park, you'd think, although you fancied East Fife to, to maybe get a result or two the last couple of weeks. Um, Queen's Park need to try and start putting some distance between the teams that are that are currently below them. I feel a bit sorry for Queen's Park because they're not playing at home, they're playing at for Hill. Mm-hmm. So they're playing at part of Thistle's pitch, which isn't ideal for them. Um, obviously, they lost 4-3 in their last home game against Alloa, which is a big surprise given they were 3-2 up five minutes to go. Yeah. So, East Fife are no hope or really here at 7-1, which must admit is quite a big price to be fair. Uh, Queen's Park 3-10. I couldn't possibly be back in Queen's Park in this match at 3-10. Uh, not a chance. Okay, we'll have a quick look at League Two as well. Uh, the main game that we want to have a look at is the Friday night game, actually. It's Edinburgh City v Albion Rovers. And, uh, yeah, David, you quite like the look of the capital side here? Yeah, I think uh, <clears throat> Edinburgh City, I don't th- they've, not, they've not quite hit the heights that I think we thought uh, they might. Um, going into the season, I think they're sitting in fifth. They're obviously still... Well, in with a chance of the, the playoffs, but um, the home form, the home form is not, it's not been great. It's not been stellar, but I think looking at Albion Rovers away form, yeah, which is, which is four, four league games, four defeats. Is that right? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, uh, so it's it's four, good. <laughs> four, four out of four, four yeah. out of four uh, defeats for Albion. Um. Yeah, they've been. They lost at Stranraer. They lost at Four First Stirling, Albion, and Elgin. So Edinburgh, they need to they need to start winning home games. They've won. They won their first two home games against Stirling and Elgin, but since then they drew with Stirling and Cowden, and then they lost a close game with Kelty uh, last last time at home three two. But I just think uh, you're getting nineteen to twenty on them at home to Albion Rovers. Their squad still looks good. They've still got some good League Two players in it, and. Uh, I can just I can just see them having too much quality for Rovers uh, on Friday night. I think um, Albion's home pitch is going to help them get win win them points. Like Clifton Hill is just a horrible. You try to see them, that's not a ball and give a surface to play football on. It's just horrible, and uh, that will that will get them wins. But when they have to go away and play in sort of better surfaces, bigger pitches, um, they might struggle. So I think Edinburgh City. Yeah, 19 to 20 looks pretty well priced. Bit of revenge as well on the cards for Edinburgh City here. I think they went down at Albion Rovers 2 0 at the start of the season, so I thought they'd be keen to avenge that. Yeah, and they've got a fairly decent home record against Albion Rovers 5 2, 3 0, 3 2, and 3 1 the last four four meetings at home. So, yeah, it just it does look like nah, not a standout price, but a, a fairly generous price at 19 to 20. The only thing that puts me off about this game is it's a Friday night. Why? I don't know. It's nothing. They almost do early kickoff. 
they're used to it as well. So, like, it's probably even I think better. because the last time I backed in the City at home, they didn't win on a Friday night. <laughs> yeah, let it go. Why do they play on Friday night? What's the what's the reason behind that? Is it to try I don't and get know, more fans? It do, because I don't know. Tennis? It was got something to do with Hearts playing at home on Saturday. So I, I really don't know. Yeah, it's not on TV. I had a quick check there. I thought it might be one of the TV games on BBC Scotland, but it's it's not even. Yeah, that, they play so. Friday night all the time, don't they? Every single home game's Friday. Maybe someone from Edinburgh City can let us know. I've got a it's to do with uh, like to try and get more fans because like they they understand that most fans support Hearts and Hibs. Yeah. So. But if you're a Elgin City player and you live in near Inverness, are you wanting to travel to Edinburgh City on a Friday night? <laughs> After, no, after it, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, well, there's that. Um, okay, anything else in week two? Well, I think Kelty Hearts are away to Beef in the, the big Fife derby. <laughs> um, I was a bit surprised to see them draw against Stowe and Albion last weekend. Not, not a surprise, sorry, to be fair, because Stowe and Albion have had a very good season so far. But that was Kelty's opportunity to really wrap up the title in November. Oft. <laughs> which they would have done yeah. um, had they won that match and they still will but um, the 4-9 here again not on a great pitch at Cowdenbeath um, is that the second worst pitch David to Cowdenbeath? yes it's, it's <laughs> pretty bad yeah <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I think they'll have their backers Kelty Hearts but probably need have to be a bit inventive thinking about how you can get on the side with Kelty Hearts here and I think the other games all look really tough um, you could say still an Albion at home to Stenhouse Spirit at 4-5 looks not a bad shout but it's a tricky card and again I don't think we've ventured to League 2 much at all this season have we no, there's so much to get involved in the Championship League 1 and the Premiership that I'm quite happy just to leave out League 2 yeah. anything for you David before we move on nah. to Norway uh, no ok we'll leave it there after the last blasting I got for a talking for two minutes <laughs> <laughs> don't take it personally uh, now is your time to shine David yes. uh, we're going to move on to Norway um, we've touched on the fact that it really looks like Glimp's title to lose now they're seven points clear um, but before we do that talk us through how the hell Glimp managed to beat Roma 6-1 and put Jose Mourinho firmly in his place <laughs> just just Battered them like it was. It was, it was honestly, it was, it was a vintage. It was absolutely vintage. It was, it was attacking football. It was pressing quick counters. Just, just really, really good, and it was deserved. Um, I think, I think they could. I think Roma might be out for some revenge uh, tomorrow night. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, it was just, it was just great, and obviously the um, the best thing about that night as well. Another good thing was uh, Sofia drew with Zohia Luhansk, so that left Glimt in a nice, really nice position now to to advance to the knockouts. Yeah, I was a wee bit. Can I use the word pissed off? The, the amount of people who <laughs> were putting uh, out some some jokey tweets about Glimt's name and who are these guys and stuff like that. Who clearly, it, clearly it wrong and, don't uh, listen to. The well, there's also that, but also was jumping all over the. Political bandwagon. Yeah. As if they've been supporting them for years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if only they did listen to the podcast. Um, yeah. So, what are you expecting against Roma on Thursday? Are they likely to yeah, receive a backlash? They've oh. had a, one, one wee negative about the manager is he's not rotated much this year and they've had quite a few injuries recently. So, um, Patrick Berg's out, 
Ulrich Salmonis is out and uh, Sandra Surley's out. And Frederick Bjorkan went off at the weekend with an injury. They say he might be okay, but that's, I mean, that's Bjorkan, Berg, and Salmonis is probably the three best players. Um, three, three players that have been absolutely key in the last few years. So, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be tough for them. The thing about uh, Glee, no matter what, they've just played well. Are they capable of setting up to go and stifle Roma? They won't do it. They won't do yeah. it. They'll go and try and play. Like They went to Milan last year and they tried to play. They'll, mm. they'll go and do what they, they did uh, before. So I don't see... It won't be 0-0. I can guarantee that. Um, they'll, 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 if they're going to lose, they'll, they'll lose on the front foot. I think the bookies as well think there'll be goals in this match. It's 2-5. to five. Over 3.5 yeah. goals, it's kind of telling its own story. Yeah. Fingers yeah. crossed, as you say, they're, they're actually right at this moment in pole position uh, in the table yeah. in the, the Conference League. Um, that might change a wee bit tomorrow if they, if they don't win, but certainly got to be happy with seven points from the first three games. Definitely, definitely. Delighted with that. Okay, in terms of the league, um, as you said earlier, they had a massive win at Molde last week, 2 0 victory, which set them up. Um, you know, they can only really lose the title now, I think, can't they? Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, that, that game was huge and, and it was a really even game. Both teams played some really nice stuff, um, but Glebe just got got the better of them in the second half. A couple of goals, 1-2-0, uh, and that got them four points ahead and obviously mold <laughs> off the back of that went to Strim's Godset, which is a tough place to go, to be fair. God, Godset have got a really good home record, but um, Mulder lost 6-0. Um, How does that happen? Well, I felt a little bit for them. They, they scored. That was no, uh, no. They had a cracking move and counter attack, and they scored. And the linesman gave offside, and it was an absolutely shocking decision. Like I don't know how he, he gave it. The boy was about two meters behind the player that passed it. Um, so uh, yeah, that would have had them one 0 up, and and you would have fancied them to go on and win it, but I think they lost a goal quite soon after that and they just, just collapsed and yeah, really worrying for them and um seven points behind. I don't see I don't see Glimp thrown uh, thrown away now. And it's great for assuming Glimp go on and win this title. Obviously last season they made history all over the place in terms of goal scored, points won. Was that the first Title. Yeah, first ever. Mm. And uh, didn't really get a chance to celebrate it with their fans. So yeah. it's great if they it's get a chance to, to go and, and win a second consecutive title. And I'm just wondering how that that will be received by the fans, you know, yeah, having I mean, not been, had the chance. It's been it's been amazing. Like this pretty, pretty much the whole season that stadium has been well, since since they've been allowed, it's been packed and obviously that Roma game that I don't think the fans have they've never had a night like that. Yeah. Um, I, doubt, I doubt they will, they will ever have another <laughs> yeah. night like that again. Yeah, to be so yeah, I mean, obviously incredible, incredible, and if if they do go on to win the title again, it's going to be huge for for Boda, the town, and it's yeah, it's it's a really it's a really sort of feel good atmosphere they've got up there just now. Yeah, so they play Hogerson this weekend. Um, Wimped to three to four to win, and I guess it's just a case of them trying to go over. Over the line now, but you just wonder how much how much a trip to Italy will take out of them this yeah. this midweek. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough it's a tough game as well. How you seemed of uh, being pretty good at home this year, and I think um, they've picked up uh, they've picked up twenty six of their thirty two points at home this year. How you seemed? so? Yeah, 
definitely a tough place to go and I would not I wouldn't back glint at that price coming off the back of Europan just for weather injuries as well. I think it's uh, it's definitely one to, to avoid. You probably could get sucked into the three four a little bit in a Yaka, but um I think Haugesund could come into this game and think that um think they could potentially get something out of it. Mm-hmm. The other game that kind of stood out to me a wee bit was uh, Rosenborg away to Brand on Saturday night. Rosenborg uh, kind of 64 prices to win. I was just wondering why they're so big. Yeah, um, I mean, Rosenborg, they were 1 0 up against Lillestrøm on, on uh, I think it was Saturday, Saturday night. And uh, they were playing some great stuff. They should have been 2 3 0 up. Uh, Maybe, but uh, they got pegged back and um, lost 3-1 in the end. And that's um, off the back of a 0-0 draw at Haugesund. Um, when they went in a great position to go and challenge for a, for third place, they've now put themselves in danger of missing out in Europe with uh, mm-hmm. Viking having jumped them. So Rosenborg, they've still got that to fight for, but going to Bran, um, who... And in a relegation battle with Mjöndalen and Stabæk, um, basically it's three. Yeah, so, so so there's two points separating Stabæk, Bran, and, and Mjöndalen at the bottom. Uh, two go down, one goes into the playoff uh, for relegation, and I don't think it, I mean they're eight points behind Sandefjord and 13. So I think uh, it's between those three for that playoff spot. So there's a lot to play for in Bran. Um, the last home game, so I'm quite I'm quite keen on goals in this game, but. I'm I'm going to wait and see what the weather is doing. Um, so basically, Brand played at home to Viking last midweek, mm-hmm. and it was absolutely teaming it down, and the pitch was a puddle, and it should have been called off, um, but it wasn't. And the, <laughs> Brand lost two. They lost two nil at home to Viking, um, in a game where essentially, anytime somebody got the ball, they just launched it as far as they could over the top. And try to try to get something. I, I tweeted about Christopher Lockberg or uh, Christopher Lockberg. He, he's a centre midfielder, and he had twenty four percent passing completion in the game. Really? Played, the, wow. played the full game. Uh, both teams had under fifty percent pass completion in the game. Uh, it was absolutely mental. And um, the for, the forecast for Bergen this weekend is absolutely horrendous. It's to be a absolute barrage of rain on Saturday. So just on that note. To see. Uh, David, Bran are obviously what second, third bottom. Second Yet bottom. they still lead the way in terms of the corners in that league. They've hit like 180 corners in their matches. In contrast to Stabak, who've only hit 70. So they've hit oh, 80 more corners, 110 more corners. Looking at Bran's last what eight matches, they've hit seven, twelve, nine, seven, nine, ten, nine, eight, and eight. So they've hit seven or more corners now in each of their last, what, eight or nine games? And they're even as they hit six on on, on Saturday. So there's yeah. definitely an angle there. Lots of corners in their matches. There was 22 against Valorenga last week. There was 16 against Viking. There was 15 and against Odd, yeah. <laughs> there was 13 against Stabat. There was 11 from Beyond Allen, 18 versus Christiansund. So hitting some massive numbers, so it's probably yeah. a decent scope there. Yeah. Given the importance of the game for Bran, I think I'll probably have a little taster on Bran yeah. to hit six. Yeah, I like I like goals and corners in this game, but as I say, I'm going to wait until 
uh, to see what the pitch looks like before I, before I get involved in goals because if it's anything like the Viking game, it's an absolute lottery. Okay, you touched on Viking, who are going quite well, and they are a team that you, you want to get involved with this weekend. Yeah, um, so Viking, Viking have been going really well. They 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 drew at Mulder, then they beat Sandy Fjord, they beat Storm's Godset, they beat Hammerley Lister in 5-1, they beat Brand 2-0 in the puddle. And then last week, with a chance to mm-hmm. um, extend the gap over Rosenborg, for, for third place and really stamped their authority on it. Um, they were they lost at home to Sarpsborg 2-1. But looking at the game and looking at the stats uh, f- for the game, they were pretty unlucky, it has to be said. They had 20 shots to Sarpsborg, six. Uh, two big chances to none. It was... I know you're not supposed to use XG in one game, but uh, 1.6 1, 1. to, to 0.3. Um, they were by far the better team and they just just one of those days I think so I expect them to get back back on back on to the form this week um, they go to Myundan who are bottom um, last weekend Myundan actually worth worth going and having a wee look at this if you get a chance uh, they drew two each at odd um, but they 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 get absolutely battered by odd. The first half was just one way traffic, and it could have been four or five. Uh, even the second half didn't really get into it. But then about eighty minutes, Lars Olden Larsen picked the ball up and he's absolutely smashed in probably goal of the season from about mm. thirty yards. It's gone. It's gone like an arrow into the top bin. It couldn't have put it in the top bin anymore. Um, and then he scored another one from about 25 yards, about five minutes later, to get them a two-each draw. But yeah, they they had they had plenty of shots, 16 to odds 21, but XG again 3 3.0 odd had, and Mendan had 0.8, so they get absolutely hammered. Um, and I think Viking are going to going to be far too good for them this weekend, Mendan. Although the last home game they won five 0 which you would have told me if I hadn't mentioned it. <laughs> I was just um, going to mention that, you know, it is kind of that stage of the season where you do get mad results like yeah. Neil and Dallin beating Christensen five 0 I have been beating the Christensen drum for a while that they are due a beating and they got it uh, off Neil and Dallin, but before that they hadn't won since July. Tenth mm-hmm. um, of July was the last game of the one before that, so they've won since the tenth of July. They've won one game. And it was a five 0 win. So let's put that down as a day, a, a special Feet day. result. Yes, okay. um, Viking have been in great form. I can. They've just got a really good attack, and I think they're going to be far too good for me and Dylan, who need to win. A draw's not good enough, so there's no way they're going to sit in and wait. So Viking nineteen to twenty to beat yep. me and Dylan. Um, it's actually come in from evens uh, earlier today. So uh, I just I think it's a great price, and um, yeah, I'm really happy to take it on. And that's a Sunday game, four o'clock. Sunday, Sunday afternoon, four pm. Yeah. Okay. Um, we'll quickly move on to a couple of bets that you guys like in Oberstligen as well, mainly centering around Start v Ranheim, Craig. Yeah, cricket score. Yeah, looks <laughs> like it has to be two of the top scoring teams or games that they're involved in in the Oberstligen, which in itself is always good for goals, but. Starts average goals are four per game. Uh, Ranheim with three point eight five goals in their game, two the two highest in Oberstligen. No, no. 
<laughs> it's one of those matches where it's, you can't make a case not for goals in this match. I think it probably is a good bet to throw into a double with someone. But I think for me, I do like the look of the Asian line of three and three and a half, uh, just a shade below evens. Mm-hmm. So half stakes back if there's three goals. I'd uh, be very, very surprised if there wasn't three goals in this match. And there's a very, very good chance we'll see at least four in this game. So that's definitely an angle I'll be looking at as well. Yeah. Uh, David, you like goals in this one. You want to double it up with another Oberstegen game? I mean, just, just, I mean, Ranheim, 52 goals for, 52 against in 27 games. Outstanding. That's incredible. <laughs> and then let's go to start. 53 for and 55 <laughs> <laughs> absolutely immense immense football it's just been obviously it's been fantastic this year um but yeah as you say i quite like the over two and a half double with a game on the saturday so that game's on the sunday um that game is the only game on sunday and i'm going for that over two day double um because another two teams that are playing each other are frederickstad and all assumed all assumed top scorers in the league with 62 they've conceded 38 as well Fred- Instead of scored 55 themselves and conceded 38. Uh, yeah, just, just, all of a sudden have just been absolutely banging the goals in um, recently, especially away from home. <laughs> a quick, uh, a quick look. I wish if this, if I had good internet, this would load quicker, but it's, uh, Take its time. Quick look at their away like away games recently. Three two win, six one win, two each, three each, and a four two win. So last five five away games. Um, yeah, just I just think the double over two point five. It's better than evens at two point one three. Is uh, is I would I would back that probably less than evens. It just looks so likely. Okay, is that with bet three six five? Yes. Yeah, and I think give or take a team or two, those are the, the four teams in that league with uh, the most goals per game. So that looks a fairly solid double um, over two and a half at Frederickstad and at start. OK, I think that has covered both Scotland and Norway in fairly decent detail. Greg, can you give us a wee recap of your best bets that we've got so far on the podcast? Yeah, so starting in the Premiership on Saturday, uh, Hearts with Dundee United, and I'm taking Dundee United over 3.5 corners at 4-5, and that's a bit 3-6-5. Uh, Battle of the Saints as well on Saturday, I'm taking St Mirren to hit over 4.5 corners at 6-5, and that's with Skybet. And moving into the Championship, I'm taking Dunfermline to beat Morton at 6-5, and Dunfermline to score two or more goals at 6-4. And finally, two games in the lower leagues, starting off in the Championship, Kilmarnock versus Partick Thistle, nil. Um, <laughs> and I'm taking over two and two and a half goals on the Asian line. That pays 9-10, to 10, so half stakes back if there's two goals. And finally, in the League One, taking Falkirk versus Alloa and over 2.5 match goals at 17-20. to 20 with bet 365 and I also have probably a bet builder from the Dundee Celtic match and I'll probably have goals from the start of the Ranheim match on Sunday. Okay and yourself David? Yeah uh, first in Scotland in the League One I'm looking at Airdrie to score two plus goals against Peterhead and that pays 10-11 bet 365. Also on Friday night in League Two I'm looking at Edinburgh City to be Alvin Rovers, and that is 19 to 20. 
uh, into Norway on Saturday. I quite like the goals in Rosenberg versus Brann, although I'm going to wait on the weather report. Um, and I, I will, yeah, I will be posting a blog this week, so that will be in there. Um, also on to Sunday, uh, Viking to beat Mjöndal in his 19-20. Uh, that's a 4pm kickoff on Sunday. And in the Obus League in the over two and a half goals double. Uh, Fredrikstad versus Orisund and Stark versus the Lanheim. Yeah, 2.13 in the over two and a half goals double. Yeah, and just a reminder that that the Frederickstad game is the Saturday and the start game is the Sunday. Yeah. Okay, uh, as David mentioned, he does have his own blog where he goes into more detail than he can manage in the podcast here on some of the games in Norway. You can visit that, which is davidweatherstonfootball.com. Make sure you check that out. And of course, don't forget, you can follow the guys on Twitter at Browning84Greg and at dweatherston11. And as always, if you want some more tips from Greg, then make sure you join his Telegram channel where you can get tips from him almost daily. Just visit gambler.co.uk for all the details of how to sign up. And that's us for this week's podcast. Thank you very much for listening and best of luck with all your bets this weekend. Thank you. Good luck. Thanks.